in person, we're so glad to have you. And if you're in Zoom land at home, we're glad um, you're joining us. And it is time to begin Christmas songs. So we're excited to um, start the morning with some energy. If you're on the cold side, move around. Um, let's uh, worship together. worship. It is from Luke chapter 4, verses 16 to 22a. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me 
to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and, pro and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this this morning that we can all gather here in person or uh, virtually, and uh, we are thankful for Thanksgiving and uh, just the opportunity to visit with family and friends and enjoy um, what you have done for us and to be able to just spend time pausing to acknowledge that. And as we uh, turn toward from Thanksgiving towards the Christmas holiday and the Advent season, 
just pray that you would help us to um to 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 understand the full meaning of of what this season is what it means to each of us and uh help us to learn uh new new ideas and new um truths uh, as we spend this time in advent season lord as we come together there are a lot of things that are going on in our lives and i just want to take a moment to pause and give each person the opportunity to spend a moment just bringing things to you whether it be distractions uh, sin unconfessed sin um, things that we need to just bring and leave uh, at the foot of the cross so help us to do these things right now Thank you, Lord, and we are thankful that what Christmas means is that you are able to take these things from us and make us clean, present us to you. Help us to be mindful that you make us clean uh, in your presence and in your sight through the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we spend time this morning together, help us to have, uh, have a heart of worship um, give us the ability just to um, put everything behind us, put our focus on you and what you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
seated. Our reading this morning is from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 5. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his his roots shall bear fruit, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins.
Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, his life, his death, and his resurrection. Father God, be with us today. Open our eyes and our ears and our hearts, Father. Speak through Tom. Um, give us, let us hear more. We are in some troubling times, Father God, and through these troubling times is where you shine. Father God, when we are at our worst, you are at your best. Father God, let us be your hands and feet to a lost and hurting world. In Christ's name, amen. Beautiful. Good morning. Good morning. Good to have you with us. I'm Pastor Tom. Glad you're here, however you managed to zoom in or drive in. Um, lots of things going on around here you probably ought to know about, so let me tell you about a few of those. Uh, we have several Zoom meetings throughout the week. Um, we have a Tuesday night Bible study that meets at 7 p.m. on our Zoom channel, same channel you're on now, if you're out there. Um, and then we have a Wednesday night discussion group that's currently... Uh, working our way through the 19th century novel, Uncle Tom's Cabin. Um, probably, well not probably, the, the most controversial novel of its time period, the best-selling novel of its time period. Um, Harriet Beecher Stowe, the author, uh, wound up, uh, was very surprised by the success of her novel in terms of sales, and wound up living literally next door to Mark Twain, to Samuel Clemens. Uh, in the same town where their publisher uh, was in Connecticut, um, kind of a bizarre convergence of, of people who could not possibly have seen the world uh, in more different ways, but nonetheless, uh, her insight and ability to write and convey a message that was uh, pertinent to her time period, deeply Christian in its roots, um, and something that still resonates with, with just a lot of heartfelt uh, anguish and truth and relevance for the, the world we live in. So we're working our way through that. It's on, on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. Zoom in. Check it out. It's a good discussion. Um, even if you haven't read the book, you're welcome to zoom in and listen and just see how it's going. Um, but uh, that's, been, that's been very good and encourage you to do that. Uh, let's see. Of course, Sunday mornings, youth groups on a break. Blueprint Christmas is our next endeavor. That's due a week from today. So what we're doing is we have our youth group uh, summer missions trip every summer serves at an urban ministry here in San Antonio. And they, the kids go down with adults, and we stay in a dorm down there, although we didn't do that last summer because of COVID. But we, uh, we serve fixing up houses, putting on roofs, and uh, replacing rotted drywall and things like that in homes of people that live in our community who live at one and a half times the poverty level or less. And... So we do that every summer, and then the, these families uh, continue to be served by Blueprint Ministries. And then every Christmas, we gather up a few uh, Christmas items. This year, they're kind of keeping it simple. So it's things like space heaters and blankets and Walmart gift cards and things like that. And you can sign up on our Sign Up Genius uh, through the 
the link is here in the bulletin, I think, or we emailed it out, and it's online. And so just sign up and pick out something that your family would like to give this year, and then bring it here by next Sunday, by one week from today, and there's drop-off boxes. When you sign up, you'll be signing up for a particular person, so you can then wrap that gift in a simple way, put a tag on it, and put it in that person. There's each box. There's a different box for each family group that we're serving, and you can put just put it in the right box. That'll help whoever's sorting uh, get it e done easy, more easily, and then we could still use a couple of drivers that you can sign up. Those links are on our Sign Up Genius. The driving isn't until a week after that. Okay, so from a week from today, once we have everything collected, if you sign up to drive, you'll have one week to um, contact the family by text or call and set up a time to go drop off. It's a touchless deal. You'll just drop, you'll make sure they're home and then drop off that item at their house and just bless them over this holiday season. Um, speaking of blessings, I think we talked about this a little bit last week, Rose, but uh, Operation Christmas Child, how many boxes did we? 38. How many did we do last year? 36. All right. Very good. But next year we won't have Reagan cheer to... Uh, to <laughs> we'll just have our usual bah humbug crowd. Um, but uh, thank you, Rose, for putting that together. That was a lot of fun and good to see us. We, good to see us beat our goal or beat our target from last year. Um, wait till next year. Well, I think Lois was right. About seven. We'll probably about we'll set it. We'll set a new goal next year. Yeah. Um, yeah. If the Townsend twins are out of here, then the whole place is going to fall apart. So it's just the way it is. Um, okay. So, you know, <laughs> what? Bah humbug. Um, we're going to have a nativity scene shooting gallery, paintball guns, and a nativity scene. What do you think? Just kidding. We already did that to the camel, actually. Um, but, yes, we should set up the nativity scene at some point. So you want to do this a week from today? After church, we will put up our belated nativity scene, um, and uh, I'll send out an email. You'll remind me. Eventually. Yep. Maybe. You're, you're, getting, you're getting crazy back there. That's right. Remember, seven boxes next year. That's, that's our standard. So, all right. Um, so we are starting a new uh, sermon series today, and let me just kind of tell you how this is going to work. Um, it is the season of Advent, which no good Presbyterian really knows what that means. Um, neither do the Episcopalians, by the way. They just go into autopilot every year for Advent. It's just a, it's like nobody explains it. I'm why did I say that? I don't know. Um, but a couple things. First of all, Every week, we are sending out a printable activity for our kiddos. Jen Townsend and Deb Lawler are putting this together every week. 
for our little ones, for our Hope for Kids folks, and encourage you to print this out every week if you're a parent and have your kid interact with it a little bit. The scriptures that are in here that we're covering, that are referenced here, are the same ones we're covering on Sunday morning. So you should be able to, each week, kind of build your own Advent activities and devotional for your family and use the scriptures here as well as what you learn in, on Sunday mornings and kind of bring all that together for your family uh, in whatever context you would like. But this is your buildable Advent calendar of activities for your kids, and, uh, and it's, it's good stuff. And so, if you, you know, like some adults like to do this kind of stuff. So, Connie, I want to see how you do. Because you're all crafty and all that. But... um encourage you to participate that way keep your kids active in the advent season keep the spirit of christmas alive um and what we're looking at this uh, advent season and the christmas season that follows that is the blessings that are ours in christ and I'm kind of a I'm kind of an Old Testament nerd. I like that stuff, and I like looking normally in this time of year at how the Old Testament anticipates and prepares us for the work of Christ, for His birth and His work on the cross. What I what I want to do this year is kind of flip that, and we're gonna we're gonna look at a New Testament passage um, that has all of the results of what Christ brings into our hearts present in this passage. There's going to be a lot that we're going to look at this morning uh, in Ephesians chapter 1. And uh, let me just be clear, like, this came from the collaborative process of talking with Jen and Deb and others about this Advent activity pack for the kids. And we were talking about the season of Advent, the themes of Advent, which are things like anticipation, promise, joy, peace, love, faith. And someone in that group said, well, every single one of those words is in the first couple of chapters of Ephesians, of the, Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And that began this process of going, well, let's look at Christmas this year uh, from the other side. Let's look back and, and answer, ask the question, what did Christmas bring to our hearts? What did it accomplish for us? What did the birth of Christ do for each of us in our hearts? And so that's what we're going to be looking at, is from the letter of Paul to the church in Ephesus, the blessings that were present because Christ was born into this world. So that's our uh, advantageous sermon series that we're going to look at plenty of activities for the kiddos and us as we go through this, but that's the deal. Let's pray, and we'll get started. Father God, we come before your word, and we pray that as we open these pages, you would open our hearts, that you would read there what we need to let go of, what we need to repent of, what we need to aspire to, that we would see in your word what answers what you see in our hearts. And Father, as we engage in this process, we pray that you would be at work within us uh, through the
presence and power of your Holy Spirit to guide us into a, into a deeper understanding of your love for us through Jesus Christ as it is expressed in your word. And so, Father, we lay at the foot of your cross those things that might hinder our coming to you and meeting you in this way this morning. We give you our sins, our disappointments, our failures, and we thank you for the forgiveness, grace, and mercy that are ours in Jesus Christ. So, Lord, we lay before you those whom we know and love who are sick, who are recovering from medical procedures or facing uncertain diagnoses, and we pray your healing mercies upon your people. We lift before you those who grieve this holiday season. We pray your comfort and peace over them. We lift before you this nation and its leaders at every level of government. We pray that you would give them wisdom and discernment in the decisions that are before them. And Lord, we lift up our men and women in uniform who serve to protect and defend the Constitution under which we live. And we just pray your protection over them. We pray especially for those who are in harm's way, that you would bring them home safely at the right time. And Lord, for those military families that are separated from one another during this time of year because of their service, we just pray that you would be with those who are away and those who are at home and minister your grace, your peace, and your presence to them all. We pray for your church here at Hope and around the world. We pray for those churches to whom we are connected through our denomination and our missions giving. And we just pray your blessings over all the works of your spirit that you are doing in places that we are connected to. We think, of especially, uh, we think especially of Paul and Elizabeth Branch in Guatemala, John and Diane Davis in Laredo, Texas, Pastor Miguel and his wife Tatiana in Kamahuani, Cuba at our sister church. We pray for Pachi Quesada and his wife Marilyn in Old Havana as they serve you in that place. We lift up Benjamin and Monica Bailey in the Middle East and Robbie and Joyce Hammed as they continue to uh, wade through the recovery process in Beirut, Lebanon. And we just pray your blessings upon those ministries in those places and here as well. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, let's open to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, and I want to read the first 14 verses this morning. There's a lot in here, so we're not going to um, spend all of our time going through like copious amounts of details. We're going to kind of go running through this passage. Uh, so I encourage you to take it home, uh, read this passage yourself and a, little, a little more slowly and thoughtfully than what we might be doing this morning and see what stands out to you. See what, what blessings Christ has brought out to you through his birth, through his word uh, in this little portion of scripture. Um, the verse that kind of sets the tone for this sermon series is in verse 3. I'm going to read that one first and then we're going to go back and read the whole passage. Verse 3 says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And so that idea 
that in Christ we are blessed with every spiritual blessing is what we're exploring this Advent and Christmas season. What are the blessings that Christ has brought into our hearts as the result of his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, and his word? And so that's the, the main idea, and now we're just going to read through uh, Paul's letter to the first 14 verses of Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus, who are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also... When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So, I don't know about you, but... When I was a kid, and to some extent still today, the best part of Christmas was watching the gifts accumulate under the tree and wondering what is in those things and how many of them are for me, especially in comparison to my siblings. Like, how am I stacking up here? Um, and just that that building, growing sense of anticipation that really kind of was at the forefront of this season of the year. Um, I distinctly remember, like, sneaking in, you know, peeling the tape off a corner, trying to peek in and see, you know, is, what is this? shaking things, feeling them, weighing them, turning them around. Um, 
that whole sort of growing sense of what, what's in here for me is really what this passage is about. That God has set before us this, this growing accumulation of blessings that we, I would even dare to say, we, we don't, we don't unwrap well enough or often enough or I'm not sure even what the word is. We do not, as a people, take full advantage of the blessings that are ours in Christ. We just leave them sitting there under the tree. Um, and I want you to see this season I want you to see all these blessings differently, more vibrantly, more intensively, to anticipate what is yours in the coming of Christ. What does that mean for you? What has he done for you? What has he brought to bear on your heart and in your life? So let's begin this post-Thanksgiving weekend with the call to count our blessings. <clears throat> this is, again, something we don't do often enough in our lives. We really, honestly, we should do this every day. We should just sit down and say, thank you, God, for this life, for my family most days. Um, thank you. Okay, yes. Um, we, should, we should thank him for the blessings that are ours, that he pours out upon us. But let's just look at this verse that way for a moment. And there's, there are a couple of uh, facets to this that are expressed here that I would like us to look at. But you notice in verse 3, Paul talks about every spiritual blessing that is ours in Christ in the heavenly places. This sounds far away. This sounds lofty and heady and ethereal and weird. But I don't think it's supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be present and real and active. And so I want us to look at these blessings as spiritual blessings. And I, I don't, you probably don't either, but I don't normally associate the idea of blessing with something spiritual. I see it as something more immediate and material more, more often than not. And what Paul is saying to this church is there, is there is this Christmas tree under which are unimaginable blessings wrapped for us in Christ. Let's unwrap those. Let's look at some of those. Let's consider every spiritual blessing that is ours in Christ. I'm going to do this fairly quickly. Just bear with me. You have been saved by grace, and thereby you have been granted peace. You have been chosen, and you, because of what Christ has done for you, you are holy before God. You are holy before him, and you are blameless before him, not because you've lived a blameless life, but because Christ 
lived that blameless life and offered it on your behalf. That's what it means that you've been saved by grace. And so this leads to Paul continues to remind us that that we are loved. We are loved by God and we are predestined to be adopted. You've been adopted into God's family. And a lot of people get hung up on this word predestination. Let me just tell you quickly what it is not. It, it is not predetermination. Predestination has nothing to do with whether you become a nurse or a doctor or a teacher or a, an accountant. No, it's certainly God would never predestine someone to be an accountant. That would just be cruel. Um, sorry. Why not? Um, if you ever wonder if God has a sense of humor, he, he, did he predestine me to be a pastor? That's funny. Um, but predestination does not have to do with our choices in this life. It has to do with God's choice in giving, granting salvation unto his own. And I'll, just, I'll, try, to be, I'll try to be really brief here, okay? And I realize this is a controversial subject. There are Christians all over the map on this question who, who, are, who I'm going to spend eternity with who fully disagree with what I'm about to say. It's okay. I, I think, so here's, here's my ethic when it comes to Scripture. If it says predestination, I'm going to take that at face value. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrestle with it. I'm going to question it. I'm going to ask, I'm going to inquire further in other passages what does that mean but at the end of the day I want to take it at face value I don't want to explain it away oh well that just means that he knew what you were going to choose before you did what so he based his eternal predestination on what you he thought you would give me a break sorry get so God looks down on humanity after Adam and Eve fall into sin, and he's heartbroken. Because that, the Bible tells us, means that we are dead in our transgressions. What did, what did God say to Adam would happen on the day he ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? You shall die. And so God looks out on humanity, on our souls, on our spiritual souls, and he sees that they are all dead. And he says, I, I, I'm not going to just stand by and do nothing. And so he acts in such a way that he's going to pluck from death and perform spiritual CPR on certain people. Not based on how good you are or what you do or how well you behave or how, what you believe, but based solely on his demonstration of his sovereign grace. We are saved by grace, not by choosing something. When we are saved, when he does this for us, when he performs this act of regeneration on our dead souls, we come to life spiritually. That's what Paul is writing about, is this transformation from a state of spiritual death to a state of spiritual life and blessing. And so here we are, in this, in this state where we've been saved by grace, granted peace, 
chosen in him, we are made holy and blameless before him. He demonstrates that we are loved, that we are predestined, and that we have been adopted into God's family. Here's, here's for me personally, the most significant part of this idea that we were predestined and adopted. If God chose to bring you into his family and died on the cross to forgive you of your sins, and you are thereby adopted into his eternal family, can you tell me who can undo that? No one. No, there is no being in this universe, including God himself, who's going to undo what Christ has done for you. And so I believe that one of the most important blessings that is ours in Christ is the security that we are his. We don't have to doubt that. We don't have to run from that. We don't have to be afraid of that. We don't have to um, continually keep doing to try not to lose what is ours in Christ. You can't lose it. It's done. His, his dying words included the phrase, it is finished. And so we are blessed to live in this state of security. So those are some of the spiritual blessings that are ours in Christ. His grace, his peace, his love, his adoption. And then as we consider those spiritual blessings, we are also to consider the source of all blessing, to consider who God is that he should act in such a way that we come to life spiritually. To consider the source of all blessing means that we see in scripture that we see God's purpose, his purpose, through the work of his son, Paul is telling us, according to the Father's will and to the praise of his grace. So all of this, whatever, whatever Paul is doing here, the culmination of it is that God is to be praised. The, the glory for your salvation is not what you have done or chosen. It is what Christ has done for you. That is what we come together to give praise and thanks for when we gather in his name. And so we see in this passage, God is purposeful through the work of his son, his will to the praise of his grace, and he pours out upon us his redemption by his blood, granting us his forgiveness establishing for us his grace, instilling in us his wisdom, revealing to us his word or his revelation, fulfilling in us his will, his will to redeem especially, and showing to us his purpose. That he will bring this all together in the fullness of time, and for the unity of all things. God is going somewhere with all of this and with all of us. And that somewhere is a great, grand, eternal culmination of human redemptive history, where God demonstrates to his people 
that his love prevails. And so there's just a quick count of the blessings that are ours in Christ that are found just in this passage. And I probably missed some. Um, there's just incredible language here, incredible uh, pile of gifts under this tree. And there is, as Paul begins to turn the corner in verse 11, there is also in this passage a call to claim what is ours in Christ. This whole idea that, that Christ, his birth, is the fulfillment of myriad promises in the Old Testament, that God has been preparing his people for the coming of his son since time immemorial, and that this fulfillment of promise is to our benefit, that God is working all of this according to his will for our sake. And so here is what is ours to claim according to this passage. We are to claim our inheritance in Christ. So you may have heard the phrase when we were reading through this passage that we are all sons of God by the work or blood of Christ. In other words, the Bible says that we are all sons. This is not, this is not a denigration of anyone's gender. This is, a, this is a statement of status for the purpose of inheritance. So the way that this worked in the, in the Hebrew mind was if you were a boy, particularly the oldest boy, you would get the lion's share of your father's estate. This would prevent your, the family farm from getting carved up into eight pieces if there were eight sons. The oldest son would preserve that family farm and he would get that and everybody else would get a share of some crops. Um, if you were a female, your inheritance would be found in the family into which you married. You would not necessarily be uh, the inheritor of your parents' estate. You would be married into an inheritance. What God is saying when he says you are his son in Christ, that, that you now sit in the position of the firstborn son, the position of blessing and inheritance that, that is really the enviable place. It's not, it's, not a, it's not meant to diminish anyone's gender. It's meant to um, sort of help you understand how important you are in God's eyes. You sit in this position of inheritance, of eternal grace, where blessing in abundance is yours because of what Christ has done for you. It's a demonstration that you are an important part of God's will and that you are to give God glory for the way in which he works his eternal plan, especially to the end that it includes you in his family and places you in this position of inheritance. And so 
what Paul is trying to say is, is, hey, you are blessed. You are incredibly and eternally blessed. Not because of what you have done. No inheritance works that way. Inheritance works a different way. That because of what someone else has done, you stand to receive blessing. And so that's the point that you and I sit in a place of eternal, abundant inheritance in Christ. And that we, as those who are part of God's family, are to cling to our guarantor. That is, the person to whom our faith gives us access. And so, this idea that we have been snatched from death and given not just life, but eternal blessing and a place of adoption into God's family, of inheritance and blessing and rest. That you sit in the most enviable position in the history of humanity. That you are God's child, that you are forgiven, that your internal anguish over sin is laid to rest on the cross. That you are brought in to this place for eternity, this place of blessing and abundance. You are saved by the work of Christ, not by your own thoughts, works, beliefs, or anything else. You are saved by the work of Christ, and you are sealed by the presence of the Holy Spirit, and you are secure in the hands of God the Father. Will you pray with me? God, our Father, we marvel at your word that you are the God who would save us, not just to give us life, but to give us a place in your family of eternal blessing. To know in our hearts that we are forgiven that we are loved, that we are adopted as your sons and daughters into the place where Christ stands as the firstborn Son of God, a place of inheritance and blessing eternal. Lord, help us to open these gifts of abundance each and every day of our lives, to look up and be thankful, to give praise to your glory for your grace, to be the type of people who show others around us the abundant love and grace that you have shown to us in Christ. Father, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lead us to be the men and women of God that you have created and called each of us to become. We pray this in your son's holy and precious name. Amen.
we come this morning to the Lord's table, a table that is set before us by the sacrifice of God's Son, Jesus Christ, that he gave himself, his life in place of our death, his death so that we might have life and have life abundant. This is the place where we see that the promise is fulfilled, where we realize what God has done for us, where we enter into this place of inheritance and blessing again, where we are reminded not only of his sacrifice, but of his deep and abiding love for each of us. And so when you are ready, I'm going to invite you to come forward and partake of these elements of bread or wine or grape juice, depending on your own preferences. Um, we have gluten-free with wine, juice with regular wafers or regular wafers with wine. If you want gluten-free with juice, you got to take two and then flip them. You get what I'm saying? All right. But um, <coughs> I'm going to read this passage that we read for this occasion um, from 1 Corinthians, Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. And then I want you to let these words give shape to your heart. As you approach the Lord's table, let them uh, draw you into his love. And then when you are ready, you are invited to come forward and partake. You're going to take one of these or two of these, depending on how you want to do it, uh, back to your seat, and then we'll all, we'll all partake at once. Um, I should remind us all, this is not Hope Church's table. This is the table of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and it is open to everyone for whom he has died for the forgiveness of their sins. So when you are ready... Uh, use the time before and after you come forward to offer yourself to God as he has offered himself to you. Hear these words and let them prepare your heart for the Lord's table today. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. and When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. And of course, the whole point of this table is that all of God's judgment and wrath against sin was taken by Christ on the cross for his people, that we might be free and forgiven and included in God's family forever. When you are ready, come forward and take one of the cups of elements back to your seat, and we will partake when the time comes.
was right. God, our Father, we ask that you would change these elements from physical representations that they would bear with them the spiritual truth of what you have done for us on the cross. Lord, that you would inhabit this activity of coming to your table, of taking in the bread and the wine, that through this, your grace would be more real to your people, that we would taste of your love more deeply, that we would drink in the forgiveness and love that are ours in Jesus Christ. Father, be with us by the presence and power of your Holy Spirit in this moment. Speak to us, grow us, nourish our souls through the spiritual presence of your Son as we come to his table. We pray these things in Jesus' holy and precious name. first peel back the side with the wafer and we will partake the body of Christ which was broken for you and the blood of Christ which was shed for the forgiveness of your soul Thank you, Lord, for the forgiveness that is ours in Jesus Christ, for the way in which you minister this truth to our souls, that you chose the cross to bring us life. We thank you that you have called us out of darkness into your glorious light. And we pray that we would shine the light of your love into the hearts of those around us each and every day. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lead us to be the men and women of God that you created us to be. Lord, that because of your grace, we would sing your praises in our hearts now and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you stand and join us in worship as we um, end our service this morning? <laughs> 